The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. You have an invitation to join us right now for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Percy McRae. Reverend McRae is Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And we're excited about the conversation that we're going to hear with a guest coming up in a moment. You know, we say that about every show that we do, do, and we mean it, and we mean it. I do mean it, yes. And we mean it, but we really are genuinely and differently uh, excited about this particular show today. Well, it's been a while since we had a doctor on the program. It has. We're going to do that today. And I think it's important that we continue to speak to uh, those who are the caretakers of the medical execution of treatment of cancer. We can't leave them out the discussion, Wayne. No, thank God for doctors. And I know that there are still many who are uh, somewhat intimidated and afraid of physicians, uh, but we understand and know that the Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from above, mm-hmm. from our Heavenly Father, and the practice of medicine and spirit-filled doctors are gifts from God, and we're going to hear from one today. Well, you have, what, over 20 years, 23 years of experience working closely with doctors at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. What have they taught you? Well, what what many physicians have taught me is, uh, again, behind the lab coat, I think sometimes all we see is that veneer (laughs) is is a heart, and, and, and doctors are very passionate, and in some cases they may appear to be stoic initially. Well, they're busy. Yeah, they're busy for sure, but they also have a lot that they have to process Mm -hmm. mentally and emotionally, and for many of them, they're very much connected to the idea that God uses them. Many doctors understand that they are a gift, that they are not the giver of gifts, that they are under the direction of a higher power that leads and guides them. Mm -hmm. They are very compassionate. They want to help people, and they desire greatly to see people well. Doctors are people, too. They are at the end of the day, and I think it's really important to understand that, uh, that doctors are most definitely people and, and loving and caring people, for sure. Well, I'm going to give the title of the program, but I'm not going to talk about the title until after uh, our interview today with the doctor. The title is No Instrument Plays Itself. Absolutely. That's all I'm going to say. That's all, that all, that's <laughs> okay, all it needs all right, to be said. Right. Think about your piano. Think about your organ. Think about anything. Yeah, for, that forget is, the player piano. That doesn't count. <laughs> think about anything that, that has to function and operate as an instrument and what is necessary for that to take place. It'll drive the theme of today's conversation. Our resource today is How God Works Through Doctors. This is a printed resource that you can obtain from our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Again, it just points out that we need doctors and they're a gift from God. Absolutely. One of the things that this document will help us understand is that medical knowledge, wisdom, and insights about the function and care of the human body all originate from our Creator God and are channeled through human instruments we call doctors. Right. Years of life can be added to people because of the gift of medicine that flows through the hands, the hearts, and the minds of physicians. But understand that that gift came from a higher power, something that is motivating and moving and inspiring that vessel to function on our behalf. Take the time to go online to healthhopeandinspiration.com and download How Does God Work Through Doctors? 
Well, if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling this number, 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. You can learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. We're going to hear our interview in a moment. Preceded now, here's Reverend Percy McRae with Bible in Hand. <laughs> our spiritual nugget for today is found in the Old Testament, Jeremiah, the 51st chapter, verse 20 through 21. And listen carefully. It says that you are my war club, my weapon for battle. With you, I shatter nations. With you, I destroy kingdoms. With you, I shatter horse and rider. With you, I shatter chariot and driver. And when we begin to talk about being an instrument, an instrument has to be in the hands of someone or something to facilitate a particular cause or purpose. And God is telling us in his word today that we are his weapons of war that he will use in his hands to fight the good fight and to fight battles. Let's get to our guest now. This was recorded earlier by Percy in Phoenix, Arizona at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, where spiritual support is provided as desired by the patient. Well, Wayne, with me today is Dr. Raquel Prati, who is a breast surgeon who works at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, she has been in the field of medicine for 20 years now, and we are just excited and thrilled to have her on Health, Hope, and Inspiration today. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, absolutely. Well, in getting to know you a little bit before we recorded, I uh, was told that you're from Brazil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, in America, but came a long way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sort of American too, just Southern American. Gotcha. <laughs> Under, yeah, I, well, that's true. That is true. <laughs> well, with that being said, let's talk a little bit about the work that you do as a breast surgeon. Uh, help us to understand the nature and the dynamic and the circumstances by which you get involved in the in the cancer continuum from a, a clinical perspective. Yeah, like as you know, we, we when we go into the training of breast surgery, um, originally for the most part, and that's kind of like majority of the trainees, they're trained as general surgeons. Some of the people who do breast surgery might be trained in surgical oncology. Mm. Um, and there are fellowships that train us how to do exclusively breast surgery and how to handle any breast diseases and, 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 and problems and issues there. So not just cancer, although that's probably the majority. And, and here, obviously, you know, at CTCA is what we do yeah. for sure, as the vast majority of our cases are cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, so I am the one to treat the breast cancer, to do the surgery, to remove it. And, uh, whatever it is that might require reconstruction, okay. then we work with a plastic surgeon closely Got it. together. So with that, um, very clinical, uh, a lot of clinical expertise obviously needed to do what you do. Uh, you also are a person that has a faith orientation, uh, of sorts, uh, let's talk a little bit about your faith. What does that mean to you? 
And then let's see how we can begin to amalgamate that within the framework of your day-to-day work as a clinician and a surgeon. How does those two disciplines, from your perspective and from where you enter into the discussion, how do they marry one with another? Interesting you ask me because I don't get that question from patients. But I, you know, I... I'm Catholic, okay. um, and that's kind of like a big deal for me and for my family. And we're very faith-oriented people. Yes, um, you know, in a way, I think I'm an instrument, <laughs> and good. I do yes. my best to be a good instrument. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so here at CTCA, we do have all of these supportive services to patients. You know, including naturopath and physical therapy, nutrition. We have nutrition. We have we have our chaplains here yep. helping patients, and I think those are all things that weigh quite a bit on you know overall how the outcome of that patient is going to be. It's okay. not just the number down on the paper and science and to say you know yeah. you're going to do good. I think there's a lot that comes from these all the supportive services and i think having faith and having some kind of support and 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 belief i think that helps to a better outcome well the word that i'm going to extrapolate from um your elocution here is the word instrument and to have a highly trained skilled medical surgeon use the term interest instrument in relationship to how they view themselves in lieu of um, a higher power, the higher power, however you want to articulate that, mm-hmm. is very compelling to me because in order to associate and use the analogy of instrument, that means that there has to be something else that's working and manipulating that instrument, which is what you are considering yeah. yourself as. Yeah. I love that analogy. And I Though I've just met you, I have even more respect for you just because of your association and alignment with that philosophical school of thought. Um, and if I'm putting words in your mouth, quickly take them out and, and replace them <laughs> with, with the correct ones. Would, would it be safe to say that you your approach to what you do clinically is in lieu of the fact that uh, there is something else that is motivating you, gearing you, and in some yep. cases steering and guiding you as you do the things that you do, that you've been trained to do. Yeah, most definitely. You know, I think we are a big part of it. And, you know, you don't have to just believe there's something guiding me. I mean, I have to put a lot of effort to it. But, you know, I, I just believe that if if I was given the interest to do this, I should pursue it and I should do it mm. in a way and, and do my best. Yeah. And, you know. So on that note, what led you and motivated you to go into medicine? I'm always <laughs> interested to hear how doctors become doctors. <laughs> um, I did not know that I wanted to be a doctor until I was about to, you know, I was I was having to decide which way I needed to go because, you know, with my first... Um, as I, as I did my medical school in Brazil, like I started medical school really early. Okay. Um, we don't have that college part before. Mm. So medical school ends up being longer. Yeah, you look terribly young. Uh, <laughs> well, you really do. I like the terribly young. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, it's, you know, I and then I had to decide really young, okay, what do I want to do? And I always liked like chemistry, science, biology, biology <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't know if I wanted to go into pharmacology or medicine. And I don't have doctors in my family except for a distant cousin. Um, and 
you know, I didn't have that direct influence. Yeah. And so I was like, what do I do? I don't know. And so it was kind of hard for me to decide <laughs> at that point. I was 16 when I was wow. having to make that decision because I had to study and then to enter university. The, the selection process is different there. Yeah. So, um, you know, finally I said, well, it seems like it's a little more challenging to go for medical school now. So I'll try the hardest because I was fresh from high school. Okay. I'll try the hardest one. Yeah. If I don't like it, I'll switch it later because okay. I think it's going to be easier to switch that way than to switch the other way. Okay. And I guess I got lucky to like and wow. enjoy medical school. I'm like, okay, I think I, I got it. And, <laughs> you know, it's 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 interesting being able to use that science and, and directly like seeing what it can do yeah. for people and, yeah. and help people. So And dare I say that there's there's an element within you also of wanting to help and make a yeah. difference and mm-hmm. care for people that, that that was also part of your personality and your disposition yeah. as well yeah i believe so okay yeah and and into breast surgery i usually say like you know you gotta have some you gotta be willing to speak and talk a lot and convince patients that they need to have mm. very rough treatments for what they have because oftentimes breast patients if they are at initial stages of breast cancer diagnoses they don't feel sick. And basically, we're proposing treatments that will make them feel sick. Got it. You know, surgery, having to recover from surgery. Who likes having surgery? And, and not to mention, and, and, and so, stuff, yeah, so. and let's let's go down this road. Not to mention just the physical dynamics of looks and what happens to the body and what's yeah. being done yeah. to the, the femininity of a woman and, and yep. all that goes into that. So, yeah, you're you're not just talking about the, the physical dynamic, but you're talking about the appearance and, yep. and all that goes into the, I think, the mental makeup of, of a woman that's very important and very sensitive. Yeah, I usually say, like, number one, priority for the patient and for me is to get rid of the problem and, and get rid of the disease. Yeah. Number two is... How is it that you're going to end up looking like after this is all done? Yeah. Which is important too. Yeah. It's not number one, but it's important yeah. too, and is high up there. Can we, you know, provide you with yep. comfort when you look at yourself? Correct. Yeah. So we're doing this. We're we decided at 16, we're going into medicine, and we're going to go down <laughs> that path. Yeah. Um, at what point were you consciously engaged around the idea of? I'm gonna be a medical doctor. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into a tough field. It's gonna require a lot of study and time and acumen. Uh, you know, I I could not be a doctor if you put a gun in my head. I'm just not that smart. I'm just not well, that I'm bright. I'm glad that we're different. Yeah, right? yeah. We like but different but things. we're gifted. We're gifted to do different things. <laughs> yeah. And I've had physicians tell me I could never do what you do for a living because <laughs> I'm gifted to inspire people and motivate people and there and you and, go. and and provide to them uh, yeah. that type of nurturing. At what point? Were you consciously aware of the role of your spirituality in lieu of your vocation of medicine and science? Where that be that was real to you. That wasn't just, you know, you were concretely engaged in the idea that who I am spiritually and my connection spiritually is going to empower me to be a good surgeon or be an effective surgeon. I don't know if I have like a clear line to say you know yeah this was not there before and and all of a sudden it became part of it i think it's it's all a continuum okay uh, so it's just know, always kind of there yeah i think it was always kind of there interesting that being said uh let's talk about the role of spirituality and faith in the clinical environment uh 
I'm sure you are well aware of the fact that historically there's been a little bit of tension and angst between those two disciplines. And and Reverend McCray's opinion, 23 years supporting cancer patients in a clinical environment, has been, in my opinion, the tension and the angst has been around control. The doc mm-hmm. wants to be in charge. The pastor wants to be in charge. <laughs> one, one discipline wants to take credit for what ultimately happened <laughs> and both struggle with the idea of sharing credit or or, or lack of a better term, co-parenting, because I view the role of spirituality and medical care like uh, a custody battle of a child, of a mom and dad who are saying, listen, you want to come live with me, really, right? Or, you know, you have more fun with me at the end of the day versus saying, listen, you get the best of both worlds and we'll work together and we'll figure mm-hmm. out how to do what's in the best interest of you. Let's talk about your experience, your thoughts, your perspective of the amalgamation of spirituality in a clinical environment and and the and the potential impact of that you know i uh the experience here at ctca has been quite different than my previous Mm. being in a large academic center yeah um and we did not have um shall say you know how should I say that? But we didn't have that prompt access to people like, you know, the chaplains like we have here. Sure. And I love that. We don't need to separate those things necessarily. Um, I think we all are here working for one purpose and to serve the patient. Mm-hmm. So if I can have like, you know, the, the, the spiritual guidance throughout my treatment and that's what the patient needs, like that's what the patient needs. Yeah, that's not like uh, invading any, you know, or like breaking boundaries <laughs> of what should, you know, start here, stop there. Because we're not, we don't have the 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 kind of like inside ourselves. I don't think we're divided that way. No. and so like we all should do things to work together and and provide to the patient. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. Yeah, the, in my opinion, the issue is the institutionalization of disciplines of thought and vocation. You know. Theology has its own uh, rigorous institutional kind of uh, boundaries and barriers. And I think that historically, mm-hmm. historically, but I am pleased to say from my perspective, I've seen shift and change drastically within the halls of medicine and science that those boundaries have kind of loosened up. And again, to your point, younger um Uh, more progressive, for lack of a better term, individuals who are coming into the practice of medicine who are very open to the idea, Mm -hmm. not only personally as an intrinsic principle, but also a vocational application of, hey, we're all better together on the best interests of the patient. I've seen shift in in, in tremendous ways. Uh, we're, we're working on the faith community also in understanding, you know, there's more to it than just praying. We need to make sure that people have good medical care, that they're following good medical yeah. protocols, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think we're in a in a much better place than we've ever been, and and balanced in that regard. And I'm excited to be able to report that. And you you bring you bring happiness to my heart when That's I hear <laughs> that you know you also embrace that. Um, yeah. Has there been on occasion, and we certainly do not need to be particular or specific around any type of patient information, mm-hmm. uh, moments where you you're you're clinically doing your thing. You know you're. For lack of a better analogy, you're you're digging in, doing yeah. what you do, and you just sense and feel that there is a God moment that is transcending your your own skill set. That you're like, wow, 
this is beyond me today. This went beyond me today. This was more than what I brought to the table. You know, I, there has been times when, you know, I'm just scrubbing there. And I'm thinking, you know, I hope I have the guidance I need today. Because yeah. it's a more challenging yeah. phase or Difficult. something. Difficult, yeah. Um, there has been moments where, you know, I was surprised by some patients who asked me if I were willing to pray with them before surgery. Okay. And I'm happy to do that. Yeah. You know, it's just... I mean, it's it's supportive. It's for the good, and why not? <laughs> Have you um, post-surgical outcomes where later on, when all was said and done, and pathology reports or things came back, and it was like, wow, that we're 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 in a much better place than we thought we would be. We did all we knew to do yeah. from a clinical surgical perspective, and then something else took place. And again, I'm, I'm very careful and cautious of the yeah. wording that I want to use here. Yeah. But you as a, for example, I had a surgeon at CTCA at the Zion Hospital in Chicago of a particular patient, um, very difficult, complicated surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like the third surgery that they had. And uh, the surgeon who I knew well knocked on my door. He said, listen, I just got to tell you, patient XYZ today, I can't believe what 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 the post outcome of this situation was i i did all that i knew to do but what happened beyond that was well beyond what i did today have you ever had a moment like that yeah i mean <laughs> we all come prepared sometimes for very tough cases yep and you're sure it's going to be a long way for post op recovery yep. and it's just doesn't happen it just goes so much smoother than you think it's going to be and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense do i know how to explain that no and i'm not even asking for an explanation i just want to i what i yeah because again the explanation piece is where we always get in trouble doc yeah that's part of the problem the problem is we're always trying to explain stuff as humans and there's some stuff that i don't think that we need to explain we just need to bear witness to and that's all that i'm really asking in that regard yeah um last question I could talk to you all day. I really could. What is it that what is it that provides hope to you? What's what's one thing that gives you hope that drives you, that motivates you, that provides hope for you? Because you have a tough job, Doc. And you're very calm and you're very relaxed and you know, it's just another day and just walking through the park, it's tiptoeing through the tulips. You go on microphone, yeah. Yeah, you know, nervous. you never have you never have any stress and you never have any no. anxiety. Right, right, right. You have a tough job, Doc. And you you see you see difficult things. What is it that gives you hope or provides hope for you, for your life, for your sense of well being, for your balance, for your sense of everyday you know, we're all here things. living. We have to make the best of it. As I usually tell some of the patients who are just some patients can be pretty negative about all of this. And, and it's understandable. It's an overwhelming situation when you're diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of times they're out of treatment and they're just doing the follow up and they're just so stressed out with everything and, and depressed even and, and not able to cope, just waiting for the moment yeah. when it's going to explode again. And what I tell them was like, I don't know, we, all of us, we were born one day, we're going to have issues, and we're going to die. And it's going to happen to all of us. That's the most certain thing. That's absolutely true. And so if I just sit there and wait for that to happen, that's going to be very stressful and depressing. Okay. So don't just wait for death to come. It will come one day. You just have to continue to live. Yeah. You know, life is here, and we should do the best we can. 
So my interpretation then, if I may, is that you're you're taking day one day at a time and you're living life to the fullest. We try to plan, you know, forward. but okay. you know, we plan. God laughs, and, and that, <laughs> so we try to do the best we can. <laughs> and, that, and that's what gives you hope. Today, you have heard from. Dr. Raquel Prati, breast surgeon at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Phoenix, Arizona. And today I want to salute you and thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for your commitment. Um, thank you for allowing God to be part of, of your process and understanding that ultimately you're an instrument and, and that you're in his hands. And I'm sure your patients appreciate all that you do in that regard. Uh, continue to do well and be well. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you and thank you for the work you do. Oh, what fun to get to know the doctor here today. Percy, thank you for bringing that to us. We're back in the studio now, and I want you to know that at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, they use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have. Our phone number, 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. Now, Cancer Treatment Centers of America use a state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Inspiration today came from that conversation. What a wonderful person, our doctor, that we met today. Well, Dr. Raquel reminds us and encourages us around the idea of the fact that we all can be hopeful, particularly as people of faith, that we can have confidence in our medical care system, in our physicians, who not only bring the expertise of medicine and science, and we need that uh, when we talk about treatment and care of cancer, but also uh, with the intrinsic belief that they are instruments. In this particular case, she used the specific term. She is an instrument. Oh, man. You saw my eyes light up when she said that. Absolutely. Well, in order to be an instrument, that means you have acquiesced to the idea that you're not in control, mm -hmm. that something else is controlling or working through you or working upon you. Hence the title of our program today, An Instrument Cannot Play Itself. An instrument cannot, and if you're waiting for your saxophone to play itself, you're going to have a long <laughs> wait on your hands. Again, your lawnmower doesn't start itself, it doesn't push itself. There has to be something of a, of a, a larger presence and power and force behind the usage and the utilization of that instrument. She associated, uh, she went to medical school at the age of 16 years of age. I can't believe that, wow. And yet, of all of those years She's of medical trained well. training yeah. and clinical background and science and medicine, she understands the fact that she's simply and merely an instrument in God's hands. And realizing that, uh, she loves people, she, she chose a difficult a surgical emphasis, didn't she? Yeah. When you talk about, you know, breast surgery, again, you're you're getting into, you know, more difficult a lot of issues. Absolutely. Here. And all that goes with that, particularly from an oncology perspective. Mm -hmm. And so she has seen a lot of very difficult scenarios and situations that has caused her to actually be very reflective. And she stated as much that there are times while she's scrubbing up for a difficult surgery, she's like, Lord, you know, today yeah. I'm going to yeah. need some help to actually get through this and help me work through this yeah. difficult problem. 
process. Well, you sat there talking with uh, the doctor. I, I only heard it like our listeners heard it mm-hmm. on, the, on the podcast here. But I just got a sense of just a humble spirit there. Uh, very, um, you know, people-centered and humble. Well, when we talk about the humility of that, we're really talking about understanding, which I thought that she uh, expressed very well. And that takes away the possibility of having a haughty spirit, <laughs> as my mom used to remind me. She said, you know, the Lord doesn't like a haughty spirit. You know, so so there was a humility that she brings to her her expertise and her vocation. And I don't think that she downplays who she is or what she does at all, but she understands the correct counterbalance in the face of, at the end of the day, I am being used and utilized by the Spirit of God that works through me and upon me as I make myself available through training and preparation to do difficult work. And we have a real good balance of the two working together. And, you know, through the years, as you've interviewed doctors here on this program, they've all had that same attitude, the, the attitude that I've heard anyway. That is that is correct. And that's refreshing, particularly to the faith audience that may be listening to here, not, not to be afraid of our physicians or our docs. Many of them are strong people of faith who understand that it is not them alone at the end of the day at the table, that they're bringing uh, the wisdom, uh, the spirit and their energy and the creativity of God with them that is leading them, that is guiding them and that is motivating them. And thus, no instrument then in that scenario is playing itself. Well, our thanks to Dr. Raquel Prati here today on Health, Hope and Inspiration. Uh, We have a resource that talks about doctors how God uses, how God works through doctors, we call it, and it's available at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, and the document is going to help us, to again, to wrap our hearts and head around the fact that all true medical wisdom uh, comes from God, that he's made our bodies, that he knows how they work, how to fix them, and how to keep them running, even in a fallen world that is impacted by sin. Medicine, nutrition, exercise, all of these schools of thought and disciplines involve wisdom of what can affect the human body in a positive way. And thus, uh, medicine, science, doctors, the, the, the idea of science, the discipline of science is a gift that comes from God. Yeah. You know, you read that passage of Scripture earlier from Jeremiah before we heard the interview with Dr. Prady. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's listen to it again now that we've heard her equate her life as being an instrument in God's hands. As Dr. John Cherry once said, listen to the Scripture again for the first time. Yeah. Read it again yeah. for the first time. Please. Verse uh, Jeremiah 51, verse 20 and 21. You are, and we can say in this particular case, you, Dr. Prati, are my war club, my weapon for battle. With you, I shatter nations. The cancer represents itself as a nation, strong and powerful. Uh, With you, I destroy kingdoms. Cancer can appear to be a kingdom and a mighty fortress. With you, I destroy kingdoms. With you, I shatter horse. With you, I shatter rider. With you, I shatter chariot and driver. The point to be made today that God wants to use us as instruments in his hands and we utilize this metaphor all the time in our church circles but then for some strange odd reason (laughs) when we get outside of that environment we don't associate that school of thought with other disciplines and vocations Mm -hmm. doctors medicine and science is an instrument in god's hands that does not play itself Our host, Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. What are you going to do now, Percy? Listen, I am going to do something that I want everyone else to go do. Keep chopping the wood. We've got work to do. Keep busy. And join us again next time for Health, Hope, and Inspiration.
and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.